vodka straight. And by the way, food was excellent, brother. You're the guy that got caught in that avalanche, right? Yeah, I'm the one. Like black men don't have enough ways to get killed without climbing up some stupid ass mountain in the middle of God's nowhere. Need to leave that to the white folks, brother. After horror, everyone, this is Shardy here, and I know we missed June. I know I was so busy with other projects that I forgot about my baby after horror, but we have a very special episode today. So we're still doing the year of the creator, and I'm here with like my good friend, but also the founder, um, I guess host, um, commentator of horror and color, Jose Cantia. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. It's so weird to introduce you because like I know you. <laughs> I know. Literally like I like I don't know. It's so um crazy to be able to collaborate on I, so many different things. Like, I think we we've collaborated on so many other things, but not well, no, that's not true. We I did a panel of yours for horror and color like two years ago, a year ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Last year you did Gore and Glamour. Yes, Gore and Glamour, but this is the first time you're on our show. Yeah, that's true. I know I've been in so many of your clubhouse groups too, but yeah. never, before, um, never before the podcast. So I'm excited. So listeners, Jose and I actually met on clubhouse. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> actually it was, it was a queen and slim um, room that you had. And then I popped into the room and then you like shouted out, you were like, oh, horror in color, hi, horror in color, or something like as I had entered the room. And I was like, what? Oh, I think, I think she's talking to us. <laughs> and so like from there, we planned like an us room that we did. Yes, the us room. Oh my gosh, yeah. remember when we were always on Clubhouse because we were in a pandemic and we we're in lockdown? We're both <laughs> in California in LA. So our state actually took it seriously and we were locked down. <laughs> yeah. we couldn't go anywhere and so clubhouse became just like I, I actually miss those days I don't miss the days obviously people got very sick and I just recovered from COVID this delta d5 whatever variant kicked my ass but the early days of COVID in LA at least in, in case you're not you're listening and you're not in LA we were shut down our city was closed down we couldn't go anywhere yeah. so then clubhouse was there and we were able to talk to people and I was on that thing so much so much yeah <laughs> literally so much. every day every day there was something new to talk about and uh it was it was cool that it was a unique opportunity for people to like find new ways to get together and talk and yeah and connect. <laughs> yeah because it was very lonely I live alone so pandemic was really really lonely for me but I always was like I would listen to clubhouse when I was like redecorating my room or cooking dinner I was really into it and then of course as life opened up and I had to go back to work I was like I can't be involved but I will say is I I know they know this because I thank them all the time but the women um and the days and the thems and the he's and the hers that I've met through club clubhouse that are still keeping the afro horror group active I just you know amazing I tell them all the time I'm like you guys don't have to do this you don't have to do this like we can you can you can abandon ship but they they do weekly like reviews they have a book club 
it's awesome. I'm so happy. I try to get in there when I can, but honestly, just with life, it's, it's hard. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I've, whenever I see, I always go on to see like what the latest events are. Cause there's a schedule. Yeah. A they have schedule. Like, they're I really mean, like committed. My hope and dream is yeah. to like actually make a profit from Afro Horror and I can pay everyone to do that. But right now, if you guys don't know, if you're, if you're going to our clubhouse rooms, they're doing it for free. They're volunteering because they want to do it. I tell them all the time, don't, you don't have to. And they're like, no, we want to, it's a community. So that, that makes me really happy. That's part of what, that's inspiring because it's part of what I want to do with Horror in Color too. Like Ivan and I, Ivan um, is the other half of Horror in Color. Yeah. And uh, we've always talked about how, you know, community is what's most important to us. And the way that Afro Horror has enabled horror fans to be like creators, like the fact yeah. that a lot of those people started as just listeners and then yeah. they started sharing their opinion and became now, now they're full on, you know, creating content all the time. Yeah. Uh, that is like the goal to be able to like empower people like that to, to be creators is cool that's that's all always what i've wanted for afro horror is just like to give a voice to people who love this genre who haven't been reflected in it and so like well like we have the girls on last month or not last month because we missed june <laughs> but we had them on a month before and we just did a, like a live watch of um master and that was so fun and we actually went to vegas together people don't know this yeah. like a year after like lockdown, we'd let's go to Vegas. And we had so much fun. And it was just like a community of mostly black women who love horror. And that's exactly what I want to do. And I always say, I mean, I mentioned this to Jose before for everyone listening, you know, I, I'm a writer and I'm a producer. I have horror films that have been made, but when I like actually get the one that I'm writing now, and I feel like it's the one that I think will do well, um, I fully plan on circling back to everyone in that Afro horror community and making them and like giving them access to things that they wouldn't have access to because in this, in, in our industry, in the film and TV industry, it's heavily on like, how many followers do you have? And I'm very much like the micro influencers for me feel like they're more appreciative of the opportunities and they do more of the work than the influencers who are like, I'm just here for a paycheck. Yeah, you know, because I I've been I I oh this is a great conversation to have before we get into the topic of the day. Jose and I get invited to a, many of events in LA when it comes to horror films. Like we both saw each other at the Firestarter event. That was oh so funny. I had no idea you're coming. Yeah. Okay. We were Ivan and I were there um, at at this event that Peacock and Universal threw. That was amazing. That was from the movie Firestarter. And we were looking around like, there has to be someone that we know, right? Like someone. And um, a lot of times it is uh, a lot of people that aren't specifically horror, that don't cover horror, like yeah. just people who happen to have a lot of followers and just um, influencers. And so it was the craziest thing ever to look in line. And we were just like, is that? It is. <laughs> and we went right over to you. Um, and yeah, I didn't recognize cool. you at first because you had mask on oh, yeah. responsible people <laughs> and then when I did recognize you I I feel like I have this really like attractive Gen Julia Roberts laugh 
<laughs> I feel like that's what it sounds like. But then I replay it in my head. I'm like, I sound probably like a dying pterodactyl. Oh my gosh. I have not heard pterodactyl come from you. So that's... <laughs> Like, I, my, my surprise laugh is like Julia Roberts when her fingers get smashed in the jewelry box in Pretty Woman. That's oh my how God. I feel like I'm <laughs> sound, but I'm sure it does not sound as, <laughs> as I think it sounds, I'm sure. But that was, you know, so, or wait, do, who, who invited you to that event? Can you say, was it Universal or is it Peacock? Um, it was... You know, I think it was a marketing company that reached out on behalf of Peacock. Okay, because I got the marketing company that re reached out on behalf of Universal. I don't want to uh -oh. give names because I, but I haven't heard from them in a while either. And I'm like, what happened to me? But uh -huh. I, had, I also had COVID, so I guess it doesn't matter. I couldn't, I couldn't have gone. But when I see like our good friends at um, uh, Ivo Cheese, what is Ivo Cheese's? Um, horror Movies and Beyond. Horror movies and beyond. She's been going out so much too, and I'm like, I know who invited you. This is the same woman that invites me. Why haven't I gotten my invite? I'm happy. I would treat this so much on um, horror movies and beyond that she she should be she should have done this a lot. They should have invited her a long time. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool to see at least like her familiar face like in those areas. I know she went to a really cool. Um, event for nope that looked really yeah i vote trees was there i didn't get invited to any nope events but i'm not <laughs> jealous i'm happy for you <laughs> we're happy for you but also take us but monkey paw if you're listening you you like us where was our invite like i'm so confused by this like monkey paw loves afro horror but we're not getting any, I, the, let, let's talk about Nope real, real quick and then we will get into our marquee topic, but I know nothing and I'm very happy about it because the trailers, the second trailer that came out in the past few weeks does, it's aliens. We know that now. Great. We all suspected it, but it still yeah. doesn't give me like enough. So I'm like, okay, so I am still going in blind. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. And that's what excites me more is like, yeah is going in blind. Um, I honestly, after the first trailer came out, I kind of wish that they didn't put it. I, I already knew like, okay, I don't want them to show anything more. Like that was yeah. good. They yeah. Said, you tell me to go, I'm going. Yeah, I don't know why they revealed the alien thing. Like, yes, we all knew, but I'm like, it's still like, you want to get to the theater and go, oh, thank God I'm right. Or, oh, I was so wrong. Yeah. I don't know why they did that in the trailer. Did you see what Universal Studios is doing, by the way? That they're okay, yeah. I did on TikTok, and it goes to our point again. And look, this is not hating on influencers. I met some really wonderful influencers. Sometimes I get invited to, like, non-horror movies. So, like, I went to the Sandra Bullock one. What was that one when she was... Oh, um, The Lost something. The Lost City? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They invited me to Lost City. And like, we know it's not in your genre. I was like, I love movies. I'll go see it. <laughs> and I met some really lovely influencers. There's one girl, I can't remember her name right now, but she does, like, reenactments of things that people do. And it's so funny. She's great. She's trying to be an actress, or she is an actress, and she's, you know, using her platform to get her there i think she was really wonderful but my point is it's just like most of the times like jose said when you go to these events they're not people who generally like enjoy that genre or especially in the horror ones they're not really passionate about horror they just have a lot of followers 
Um, and, and that's fine. I'm not hating on that. Like that. I know that shit is a lot of hard work. The one thing I will say is, although I'm passionate for the genre, I'm really lazy when it comes to the content creation. So maybe that's why they don't invite me (laughs) places. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I gotta take a video of this. Uh, I don't want (laughs) to, but I did, I do like for the fire starter one, but it is like, it is weird when you walk in a space and you know that it's just full of influencers. And I will say people are wondering, do we get paid for that? I didn't get paid. Do you ever get paid? No, no, no. And that's what's, uh, that's like to what you said um, about how micro influencers uh, are usually people that are very authentic, like people we want to empower in general, just because uh, they care so much that they'd be talking about and engaging with the art in general anyway, yeah. like on their own time. So yeah, when these spaces, yeah, yeah, and so if these spaces are kind of exclusive already based on follower counts, like those are the type of people you want to bring in, if possible. So like it always makes me wish like I could see those people in those spaces more. What I like about the rep who emails me events is that she knows I don't I'm not a huge influencer I don't even I'm not even an influencer right she knows my follower account is less than 5,000 and whatever but she's she she is trying to embed those micro like people who actually care about the genre and the artwork and want to like review it for the passion she actually cares about that so she does add that to like she adds us in I will say like people like me you Ivatrice um uh real real queen of horror obviously is a big one i know i've seen her in, in um other rooms that i've done as well so there i i see the same people over and over again because i know it's one woman in one specific specific department that follows us that wants to give us that chance and i really appreciate i'm not going to name her name but i really appreciate her for doing that because i do think that is so important and, and I'm keeping that in mind for when my project, my projects ever go, or if they ever go, because I want to pay that back. I would rather do interviews yeah. with people who actually love the genre and, and want, you know, and ask questions about the genre rather than someone who's trying to make a quota content photo because they have to. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And, and again, I, yeah, it's not hating. I don't think it's no. hating at all because it's so much work. It is like such a, legitimate it's a lot of work. effort it's but. a lot of work those that's why i'm not an influencer like i can't do it i can't do it every day uh-huh. and create content and edit and and i don't want to do it like i love to jump on and talk about horror on this podcast but i don't it's not my everyday thing um because i also write and produce so um but either way yeah we had it so let's see you went to let me go over i went to x you didn't get to go to X or you no, went to X. Okay. We didn't go to X. But you went to Black Phone and I didn't go to Black Phone. No, we didn't go to Black Phone. Oh, you didn't go to Black? What's the one no. that you, you went to? Wait. I went to, we men. went to men. You went to men. I didn't, yeah. go to, I didn't get to go to men and I wanted to go to the men. I was like, where's my men invite? <laughs> A24 invited me to, to Black um, X. So I was like, where, what, what happened to men? <laughs> yeah. That's, men? that's really the same. Um, yeah, met, we went to men uh, and then Firestarter. I think that was, th- that was the most recent things that we've 
that we've gotten to. So let's, we'll tell them the story about Firestarter. Cause I promised I would, even though it's the most embarrassing story in the world. So we're at Fire, Firestarter. It's a beautiful, it's at this like hipster bar that I've been to plenty of times in LA, which LA bars, if you're not from here, they're usually, some of them are themed. Most of them are themed. And this one was themed like um, prohibition. Um, and regularly, if you go to this bar, I can't remember the name, but they take you up into what looks like a hotel room. And no the, vacancy. No vacancy. That's right. That's why it's a hotel. And they take you into this hotel room. The first time I walked in, I didn't know all this. I didn't know there was a gimmick to it. I was like, where is the bar? So we walk into uh-huh. this like hotel room with just like a twin bed and it's empty. And then the guy's like, you're ready to go into the speakeasy? And I was like, uh sure and he lifts up the twin bed and there's a staircase to the bar and i was like this is a lot this is a lot i just need to get to the bar i don't need this whole presentation that's why there's a line outside anyway so that's what no vacancy is if you guys come to la so they turned no vacancy into just like a fire starter premiere in the back they had a food truck and a really fun like you can make your own fire starter cover photo i guess like movie cover with yes, the, the we had a Beyonce fan and everything. Beyonce fan. We all did that. It was really fun. You can go to our Instagrams and see our pictures and how they turned out. And then in the front, they had a bar. Obviously, they had two different kinds of like signature drinks. One was actually on fire and the other wasn't. I didn't try the drinks. It's just <laughs> Coke. Coca-Cola. Not real, not regular Coke. <laughs> um, and then, we, you know, they had some other things too. But okay, so... Jose is there with Ivan and I bring my bestie Adrian because I I always need like a plus one if I'm going to entertain myself and I didn't know Jose and I would be there so it was great because normally I go to these things by myself and I'm just like so introverted I don't want to talk to anyone so I always ask if I can bring Adrian and they usually say yes so we all get like burgers and fries right or like chicken sandwiches and fries yeah Yeah. they they themed it like hot like flame grilled chicken yeah. or hot like, spicy yeah, chicken. Spicy chicken. So it's like hot. And we all sit down and there are character actors there. Like we I saw people in like suits pretending they were like the government bad guys. And I was like, oh I get that. I get that. But then one girl comes up to me. <laughs> I and then, mind you, I do drink, but I wasn't drinking that night because I was driving. And she's like just a blonde little white girl. And she's like, what did she say, Jose? You know what? I I don't even remember exactly what she said. We were literally mid-conversation. Yeah. So it totally took us like out of the moment because we were like, it was, yeah, the four of us talking on a bench, like to the side, eating our food, like kind of removed from from a lot of the event, honestly, because we weren't around people anymore. And then all of a sudden this girl comes over and... Oh my goodness, what did she say? She just started talking about, she said, she asked me something about my opinion, either on the food or something. And I was really talking to her like, oh, the food is good. It's from a truck. And she's like, I've never had food like this before. And I was like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 12. And I was like, you're 12 and you never had a chicken sandwich. She's an actress. <laughs> she's pretending to be the little girl in Firestarter. And I was, I'm just so dumb the eye, she looked young. She looked 12. So I was so confused. I was like, where's yeah. your parents? Why are you out here by <laughs> yourself? And she literally, she never broke character, but I swear the look she gave me was like, bitch, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she was just like, 
trying hard to like I think she could tell that like we had no idea because we were we took a second to catch up too like Ivan and I were like wait oh yeah that's right like <laughs> she was so good and you know, mind you I saw her talking to other people before but yeah. it, didn't, it didn't seep into my brain like oh she's an actress <laughs> so whoever that actress was at the fire starter party you're very good I hope you make it big <laughs> in life because you didn't break even as my dumbass is like where's your parents you need help with the school night <laughs> I, like, I think I you said care. something like uh let me know if you if your dad's walking around or something <laughs> I yeah think I I don't know I was lost I was completely lost but she was really great and um <laughs> you know yeah Speaking of Firestarter, let's transition to our marquee topic. So today we're talking about the movies we've seen so far this year since we're roughly slightly over a six-month mark and the ones that are coming up. Uh, <laughs> let's, I mean, I want to go in order, but since we're already on Firestarter, let's just go ahead and dive into Firestarter. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I know, right? So, okay, let's, let's make this point first because uh, I know someone's thinking it. When we get invited to these parties, sometimes they're screeners, sometimes they're not. And you can always tell if a movie is good if it is a screener, because you're like, okay, they feel comfortable showing it to a bunch of influencers and whatever. Like that's what the, the Lost City was a screener. Um, X was a screener. So I was like, okay, then yeah, it's a good movie. And you can always tell when it's not, when they don't screen it. And that was the case for Firestarter. It wasn't, it wasn't screened. <laughs> yeah, it- um and did you end up watching so you ended up watching yeah i did (laughs) at home on peacock (laughs) yeah yeah same thankfully thankfully i'm actually you know i'm not mad at that though i Mm. feel like if your movie if you know the movie's that great like i wish jurassic world would have been available on peacock because i didn't want to waste my time going to a theater to watch that i think my favorite thing was um was HBO Max's releases yeah. that they were that was great. the same day. Okay. And yeah. And, and they still were successful in theaters and they, and they still did big numbers like streaming. Yeah. I think that's like the future. HBO really killed it. Like I remember watching, um, what is it? Uh, Malignant? Or- no, I mean, yes, Malignant, but oh, The Conjuring number. Yeah, The Conjuring oh, yeah. on HBO Max and we were doing a live clubhouse thing. It was perfect. And I will say as someone who's just caught COVID, I missed the last three weeks of movies. So I missed Black Phone and I missed Jurassic Park. I just saw Jurassic Park last night. And mm-hmm. I, I missed um, Lightyear. I missed all those movies because I had COVID. And I really wish they had them available at, as an at-home option because I was like, I've seen everything on my apps. I really want to watch something new. You can't go to the theater. I have COVID. So yeah. I, look, I know there's a lot of... um back and forth with actors and producers about the, the numbers and the money and the box office and the waterfall. I hope y'all work that out because that same day release, that was everything. HBO, bring that back, everyone. And Disney too, like bring it back. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. How do you feel as a filmmaker? Like, oh, so that's like a perspective that's easy to, I guess, empathize with as an audience member just because of accessibility. What about as a filmmaker? See, I never understood the Scorseses and the Spielbergs who I love about how movies only belong in a theater screen because eventually they leave the theater and they do go to home and they do to go to TV. And um, I grew up in Michigan 
Um, and coming from LA to Michigan, you really see how small my town is, where there's only two theaters available. One's on the south side of the city and one is on the east side of the city. That's it. You have two options. Like in here in LA, you can go to a 10 theaters. Down. I have three AMCs on my one block in Burbank. That's ridiculous. There's a six, a 16 and an eight. Like who does that? That's not <laughs> an option in Michigan. So I feel like we, especially those who work in Hollywood, forget about those rural areas where we have like food deserts and also theater deserts where people have to drive 40 minutes to an AMC to see a movie. It's like a, it's like an event thing. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, as a filmmaker, feel very passionately that your audience can be anywhere and that should be accessible to anyone. And especially when you think about disability, which I feel like we're also privileged to not have to think about that if you're not disabled, but subtitles being able to go to a theater not everyone has the, the subtitles attachment or just even wheelchair friendly to be able to say okay well I can enjoy this movie like let's all be honest the seats there's only one row dedicated to wheelchairs and they suck they're in the middle they're like people walk by you I've had to sit there a few times just because the theater was full for a Marvel movie right and they're not great so I can't imagine having that's my only option when I go to a movie. So I really don't understand this backlash against streaming. Like if the num get the numbers right. Yes, people need to get paid for that because I know the waterfall is the issue. And if you don't know what a waterfall is, basically you take the box office number and that all trickles down to producers and actors and the percentages. And that's how they get most of their money. If you think a lot of these people like Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man is not getting paid millions of dollars up front. No, he's getting million dollars off of that waterfall, how much the movie makes in the box office. That's why yeah. people push back on it. Um, but as a filmmaker, I don't see why anyone wouldn't want their film to be more accessible to more eyes. I, I don't get that. I've never gotten that. Yeah, that's true. I know it's, uh, I, I agree. I know that it is, uh, I, like who was it that was most vocal about that? Like Christopher Nolan, I think. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he <Yeah>, made. He, <laughs> he was very vocal the day that like HBO announced it, and I think he left. He literally left the studio right because of that. Yeah, and I get that's all. Look, Nolan makes movies. <laughs> uh -oh, my dad. <laughs> he right. feels passionate about this. Yeah, my genres. <laughs> Nolan, I mean, Nolan makes movies that are event movies, like Inception, um, Dark Knight Rises. But I was really confused by him because we live in a country where it is very possible you sit down for a movie and you can get shot. So as someone whose movie that happened in Aurora, I, I thought he would be a little bit more graceful when it came to giving people safer options. If this country is not going to do, not to go on a political rant, but here we are, if this country isn't going to do anything about the guns that are killing people in classrooms and movie theaters to, so people can enjoy entertainment safe, yeah. the only option is, is that we do something. I feel like if I, I'm also very cautious about going to like a Marvel movie on opening day, it makes me nervous. I didn't see Thor until three days after it came out. It was a matinee because I don't want to be in a crowded theater anymore since Aurora. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. So I really feel like the only reason why a Nolan, a Spielberg, and a Scorsese have an issue with this is, is money. It's, they can tell me all day long it's about principle and artwork, and no, it's about money. Yeah. Just say that. I would rather respect that more than you pretending like a theater is a sacred space. It's not sacred when we're getting shot. 
<laughs> and when, nah. when a deadly pandemic is going around and we're getting sick to see a movie, it's not sacred anymore. I know literally generations, like all generations of us are traumatized, like looking at exit ways and ways to yes. protect ourselves as we enter like event spaces. So yeah. it is. And no like one should die in Scream 5, except yeah. for the people on the screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no one has since Aurora, but we all know that's coming again, not to be morbid, but like we have done shit to protect ourselves in theaters. They talked about getting gun metal detectors. They haven't done it. There's nothing. Every time I go to a theater, it's like risking my life. And that's so crazy to say, but it is. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, my, and the people who end up like checking backpacks or anything are the people who are taking your ticket are the same people who would pour popcorn like it shouldn't be on that someone be their job yeah. yeah to protect everyone like that's yeah so if there's an option for people to a not get shot in the theater and b not catch covid i've had it and it sucks and i would and it sucks to wear a mask in the theater and have to like eat popcorn and then put it back on. it sucks it just sucks mm-hmm. So if there's an option for people who really love this industry and who love movies, um, I mean, we already do it with TV. It's not like anyone's like, oh, we should put this event TV in a theater. No, we enjoy watching TV on our, in our homes. Yeah. And it's great and, it, and it, it's fine. So anyway, that was a long rant to say, to circle back, <laughs> did you play Firestarter yes or no? <laughs> um, you know what, parts of it were fun. But uh, it was Name not him. my cup of tea. Name <laughs> them. Um, Name <laughs> them. I, uh, I, I would have to get back to you on. Uh, exactly. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tuned out of the like middle half. The act one obviously is always my favorite part of horror movies because you just don't know. And then by act two, I was checked out. And by act three, I just didn't care. It, it was painful. Now let's let's all be very clear. This young actress, we're never sliding the actors on this. We're obviously just looking at the general project. This young actress, she was at, she was at the premiere and to be 14 in a movie as the lead, that's dope. Like I was just Mm -hmm. watching this girl take pictures, her mom's around her. I made a joke about cocaine around her mom. I didn't know it was her mom and it was (laughs) awkward, but I was just making a general joke about LA and cocaine. Mm-hmm. And um, to know that you're filling Drew Barrymore's shoes, like that's got to be the best feeling in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And she's literally co-starring alongside Zac Efron. Zac Efron. Like, <laughs> that, that is a... Uh... <laughs> I don't think she was born when High School Musical came out. <laughs> I, I know, that's crazy. And yeah, she, she was uh, owning the moment. It was really cool to just see her... Um, yeah like enjoy the night she was posing for her life it was posing for her life doing her fire starter arm move and whatever <laughs> looking with her down eyes in the camera i was like okay queen let's do this <laughs> that did yeah. not show up to the party and that's fine <laughs> you know. but, but if we can make a request for next time but if we can make a request <laughs> we love zach Efron. i love zach Efron. i feel like he's Seeing Zac Efron play a dad, though, was was so weird to me. I grew up, I was like, is this where I am? Zac Efron's my age, or maybe a year older. He's 33, maybe. Yeah. There's no way he's a dad. (laughs) (laughs) 
what? No, I know oh, it is bizarre to see people age into those roles. Like when we saw them, literally, we've heard his voice change. Like, <laughs> but that's a miscast. That's just a miscast because Zac Efron being thirty-three and she being what? Tw- is she supposed to be ten or twelve in the movie? I think is not supposed to be eight. Is she? Because that's ridiculous. She's probably at least twelve. At least twelve. Yeah. I mean, yes. Either he's a teen father. Or, oh, wait. My appropriate age to have a 12 year old? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Wait, I guess that would make me like 20, oh, 22 if she was 10. So I'd be like, I feel like 18 ish. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's like technically possible. It's, it's technically just not possible. Likely. <laughs> right. I guess yeah. that's no, no shade to the teen people, teen moms and teen parents out there, but it just yeah. feels like it was a miscast. Like you could have went 10 more years older on her dad for me to like it's like Efron like yeah musical I don't know but I like Zac Efron I think people give him a lot of shit but I really I like him I think he's a great actor I think he's brilliant I think he's a kind sensitive soul even though I've never met him just from what I heard from other people that have worked with him I've never heard one person who's worked with Zach say he's a dick it's always been like he's so great he's so nice he's so gracious yeah he uh I would like to see him do more horror I think that's yeah. That is a really cool, um, a, a really cool fit, and that's one of the cool things about this year is seeing some people uh, break into horror who are like already yeah. stars, like um, Sandra O. Oh yeah, Regina Hall. To did you see Uma? No, I didn't see. I didn't. That's on my. I have a list still of uh, movies that have already come out this year. Okay. No one to see, and uh, Uma is on there. Um, I just barely got to watch Master with Regina Hall, and okay, I love yeah. her in a serious role like that. Me that was too. Amazing. I saw Uma in theaters. I don't think I'm pronouncing it right either. I tried. I've I've tried to look it up and do it right, but I, so I apologize. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm just I terrible with pronunciations across the board. Um, I saw it in theaters. And I was I was excited it had a theater release first of all because that's that's a big deal. Yeah. Overall, it wasn't what I imagined it would be, but culturally, I thought well, this is different, and this is going to mean something to someone in this culture to see this on screen, and that made me very excited. Yeah. Like to go, oh, if I was Korean, this would mean so much to me because look at how rich this culture is on screen. But when it came to just like horror and 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 scares it wasn't quite there for me but still the story i that story between between mother and daughter relationship this is before everything everywhere all at once that that really got me so i will say i enjoyed it for that aspect so it's on vod so make sure you watch it um oh yeah let me know what you think and then you mentioned master so you haven't seen it but that's on amazon oh yeah i've I've seen master i have seen okay what do you think I, I liked it. So I like, I loved a lot of it. Um, the thing that I kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I like things that talk about race a lot. I do yeah. like discussions about race, but when the kind of racism is part of the horror, it kind of, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I guess I'm not into like, trauma porn like yeah, them yeah. that came out yeah. last year 
Well, you're talking about the storyline with the younger college student who's being yeah. horribly like emotionally abused by her roommates and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's like scenes that like the really interesting scene. Um, there's this one scene where uh, the main character, you see her go to a party and it's at a yeah. predominantly white school and you yeah. hear everyone singing, singing the N-word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Like that. Even though it was like uh, a moment of like relatability, when those moments kind of last a long time and it's like so realistic that it's, yeah, I don't know, it, it's not the escape that I personally look for in horror. You know? Yeah, I know, right? Like, it's like we all know as horror fans, there's a touch of like fantasy. Like, we're like, oh, we know Freddy's not real and whatever, whatever. It, and the, the, but the scariest part, like, I think this was the issue with them it was too close it was way too accurately in reality and like what we already exist in and then we're like no this is not what we want to see people escape to horror for a touch of that fantasy unreality rooted from these themes that we live in but no one really wants to see that shit like for what it is up close i totally get that um (laughs) our what what's before june march may May. april wait march april may (laughs) <laughs> no, it's May. our may episode is a, a live watch of us watching master and some people may not have liked that we we really kind of tore it apart not not be, but because of the themes and stuff but just other again other general horror stuff i will say i got to interview the screenwriting director for master and she is lovely she is lovely lovely there is something to be said and and you know maybe i shouldn't be saying this but i already had a glass of wine so i'll already i'll say it there's something to be said about some creators, and this is not just on her, this just sparked my idea. Yeah. We were talking about them as well. Some first-time creators who only create like write or direct horror films because they know A, it's a lower budget, and B, it's an easier end because horror fans will see anything. They don't care, good or bad. New director, new actress they've never seen, they will watch it. And they don't actually have a love or appreciation for the genre or understanding of its history. So then you're just like, oh, you just made a horror film, but you don't know the ebb and flows of what makes a good horror and layered. I felt that way watching Master and them and a lot of other movies this year. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. Yeah, I I hear a lot of that too. It's very like, transparent like a lot of those uh people those writers those directors will straight up say like oh because horror is like they use it as a stepping stone mm-hmm. of, uh, the pole to the next drama or action yeah. thing they want to do and again this is not us hating and it's not gatekeeping like oh you can't make horror if you don't enjoy horror horror sorry but it's more so <laughs> like you can feel the authenticity of a horror when someone actually really loves the genre like every time I watch a um, malignant, malignant, malignant. Uh, what James Wan? James Wan. Yeah. Every time I watch a James Wan horror movie, I know this man loves horror. I know he sleeps and breathes yeah. fantasy, horror, sci-fi. I know that. I know that. I can see it in the intention of the shots and and whatever. And then you see some creators, and all they're trying to do is just recreate recreate old horror movies they've watched, Rosemary's Baby, Exorcist, and you're like, okay, so you you know these references but you don't have an appreciation for the history or you have your own i don't know that may be that may sound a little harsh but that's how i feel 
No, yeah, it seems like a lot of people take the aesthetic, but not exactly. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. The aesthetic, but not the work, you know, the passion that comes behind it. Because our genre is not, again, it's not gatekeepy thing, but our genre is the most looked down upon out of all of them. We rarely get recognized at awards, not that awards matter, but, you know, we rarely get recognition in our field because people think it's just a bunch of like nerdy losers who are just like blood and guts. But there is a beautiful art form to horror. And I just feel very strongly that if it's if it's not something you actually live and breathe and enjoy, that like you can't fake it. You just can't. So yeah. And that that makes me think about another film that came out this year, um, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Because yes. that kind of worked in the other direction, right? That was Sam Raimi. Yeah. And he brought along his own love of horror yes. to the superhero genre. And uh, what'd you think about that? I loved it. I loved it, especially because Sam Raimi, oh my God, like I love this man. But like you said, I, you know, the thing about Marvel that you worry about is like they have such a formulaic setup already. Like we know what we want to do with this and this. And then you bring on these creators and you're like, are they going to get lost in that formula? And then you watch something like Doctor Strange, you go, no, this is the point. This is why you hire Sam Raimi so he can lick that thumb and put his imprint on this film. And you felt that every frame of yeah. Doctor Strange. So I loved it. It felt like finally something's for us. And the same thing with like Thor, Love and Thunder, just to switch gears. I know it's not horror, but you feel tiki, tiki. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've had wine. Taika. <laughs> you feel Taika all over that film. Mm-hmm. Feel his comedy. And you're like, this feels like a warm hug from Taika. And that's how I felt about Sam Raimi when it came to Doctor Strange. You're like, ah, oh, this feels, this feels right. Yes, the sequence where um, where Wanda's like dealing with the mirrors stuck in the mirror realm and mirror she's realm through uh, Ruby when she's talking to um, the wheelchair, the guy in the wheelchair. Gosh, my brain. She's talking to oh, like Professor Xavier. Professor Xavier, Professor X. Sorry, guys. I <laughs> want to hear something that's honest, but a little maybe too personal. I got fired today from oh one of my, my projects, so I've had wine to before I jumped on this Zoom and um, there's a little in the wine game. I had some white wine. So Professor X, yeah, that sequence where she kills Professor. Professor X. <laughs> that was such a good jump scare. Oh yeah. It's all, it's all, I'm a diehard X-Men fan though. So it was, it was sad to see Professor Xavier get killed for like the third time on screen. But, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but I love Scarlet Witch so much that it's fine. Love Scarlet Witch. <laughs> love that. Now let's, let's go back. Okay. Let's go through a rapid fire. We've, we've had a lot of horror films this year. I will say it was a pretty good year, but we have some to come. So let's, let's do this. Let's start with X your review of X or like, um, your, yeah, feelings about X. I loved it. I loved, uh, the thing that I loved most about it was Jenna Ortega. Of course. This year, the beginning of the year, like Jenna Ortega just her like devoured the genre. This is her year. Me. Yeah, and we have what, um, Wednesday coming out? Yeah, the-, the new Tim Burton um, directed and produced Wednesday Adams series. They released a little trailer of it. Oh my gosh, okay. No, I, I don't want to get too out of um, the topic, but did you see the Monsters trailer today? <laughs> the Monsters? No, I haven't. I haven't been oh. online. Okay. If you get a chance to check it out, everyone has a... I saw Orphan. 
Oh, what do you think about the trailer for Orphan? That's a prequel. Okay, that was my question. I was like, is this a sequel or prequel? Because we know what happened yeah. in the prequel. So why why do we need to see it? I, you t- explained it to me. I'd rather, a, well, she died. So I guess I had no choice to be <laughs> the prequel. But um, it was hilarious because there's a thread and and it's an article. And they're like, oh, producers, there's no CGI on Birma, or what's her name? The young actress. Oh. My goodness, I forgot. Sorry, guys. But there's no, there's no CGI in her face. And someone goes, yeah, we can tell. And I was like, yeah, she looks 25, you guys. And she, that's not old, but she doesn't look 14. Yeah. She looks 25. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, like she, okay, she had her um, freckles. Yeah. In the first, in, yeah, in the original Orphan. And then in the trailer, it's she looks fantastic but she looks her age she looks her age and they have her with makeup and it covers up the freckles she doesn't look like a kid and that's okay but it doesn't serve the story they should have done cgi yeah look i i've said since orphan came out i needed a second one and it it took them 10 plus years so i'm gonna watch it because it's on paramount plus or it will be on (laughs) paramount plus which Um. should I don't know. There's something about things that go straight to streamers. You already know, like, it's not going to be so great. But yeah. um, again, this in this genre, we'll watch whatever you give us. We don't care. <laughs> and okay, it. so speaking of straight to streamer, did you watch? Um, I only watched a few moments of it, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and I loved it. And you I'll did? stand by that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. Look people take movies so seriously now film Twitter is the like most useless thing in the world. And, um, that's how, that's why I felt when I left Thor love and thunder, I was like, I love this movie. I, I think it was just something fun to watch. And after having COVID and being stuck in my house for three weeks, I was so grateful to watch Thor love and thunder. But yeah. when I watched Texas chainsaw from my home on the couch, it was just fun. I was like, this is just fun. I'm not looking for it to win an Oscar or Pulitzer or whatever. I'm not looking for it to teach me life lessons. This is, this is exactly what they promised a masquerade. Actually, a little joke. I watched it again during my brother's graduation. Hilarious, right? My brothers were having an open house party and my best friend came over. I haven't seen her in so long. And I was like, have you seen Texas Chainsaw? She's like, no. So we watched it together. And then one of our cousins, my cousins came down and sat beneath me during, there's, there's a bus scene where a lot of people die. She's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, there's so many people that that died in this movie. And I was like, well, yeah, if it's the Texas Chainsaw double homicide, it doesn't really work. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> so, um, uh, you should watch the rest of it. I think it's yeah. really fun. There's yeah. a scene in the sunflower field that I think is brilliant. That's brilliant. Artistically shot and really scary. Yeah. I okay I will definitely give it a watch I I know I had been wanting to um see it but it's just like uh I think that's one of the only downsides to having it in uh like being able to watch stuff at home is yeah. that I can very easily just turn it off. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 but, you really, I mean the you really benefits outweigh it yeah, really I take the time to say I'm going to carve out the next two hours or hour and a half to enjoy this film. Yes, it is hard when you're at home because you can you can change the channel, you can go eat, you can go. Yeah, you can do all those things. But for me, 
after a long hard day at work there's nothing better than a glass of wine and a movie i haven't seen on cue and i just sit there and i'm like yeah this is yeah my life this is what i like to do now i will (laughs) say i will also say i know a lot like a lot of my friends they also work in this industry they take those like twitter reviews to heart or any anytime a movie is trending and people are are hating on it they're like oh i'm not gonna watch it i'm like really you're not gonna make your own mind up you're not gonna make your own mind up about something just because a bunch of people online say that and that's why i'm so glad i still went to see love and thunder and watch texas chainsaw massacre because i'm like i loved it it, yeah, it may not have worked for you. Jurassic World did not work for me, but I, when I went on that hashtag on Twitter, people freaking love that movie. <laughs> yeah, so, look, I know it. It really is. Uh, it's so. It feels like a whole nother world to see all the Twitter reviews because people try to like. People want to sound like there's a way to be an expert about just perspective. There's no right. expert on perspective. <laughs> film yeah. is always, film and TV is subjective and it's just about audience. Now, before we get too off track to go back to X, you did like oh, it, yeah. but X has a prequel and a sequel coming out. Oh yeah. I, okay. So I thought it was cool that there's a prequel. Wait, there's a sequel also? Yeah, that, I mean, that's what, that's what it says on wikipedia there's a sequel in the the works yeah wow i uh i'm not too enthused about the prequel and that kind of goes towards like um what were you just saying oh yeah orphan that kind of goes through like uh, what we're talking about with orphan even like it's not horror but have you seen mamma mia of course okay so the second movie you know just is it prequel? explains what happens in the first yeah movie. i don't know i didn't watch know. that yeah it was yeah. so literally i i feel like that's the same story with pearl and that's the same thing with orphan where if we already know what do, know, what do we need to know here yeah, yeah like yeah. what are we doing i feel the same way with x i enjoyed x i always calibrate like a really like a, if i really loved a movie love a movie i'll go see it more than once mm-hmm. And actually, I will take it back. I will see it more than twice. Sometimes I go back a second time to be like, did I miss something here? Let me like, which we'll talk about with this next movie that I'm going to name. Uh, sometimes I'll go back and I'll go, what did I miss here? Maybe I missed something. Maybe like I'm too, the first time was I was, I was just too overwhelmed and I need to go back. Um, but if I see something three times, like in a theater, then I go, oh, I love, I love this movie. And with X, I'm like, if I never see this movie again, I'm okay. Yeah. I don't need to see it again. I got it. <laughs> is queen and she's going to do big big things i think we all know yeah. that Brittany snow needs to be in more horror we love her in this genre she's wonderful and i yeah. was even kid cuddy i was like put him in more things i loved him as much too but um yeah i'm not running to watch it again i liked i yeah i really liked the uh, the casting was like one of my favorite yeah. parts in general because yeah. uh what just even um the musical moment of it too yeah, I, I like that little musical sequence it felt it felt good and fresh and so you know Brittany Snow was the only main actor to come to the screening and she was so proud of that movie and she was on the carpet and she was in the theater screaming and clapping and that's the kind of girl I like I like the girl who's like I'm proud of my work and I'm gonna go support it so yeah now prom night also 
Of course, look, Britney yeah. Snow is talented. She could be a scream queen. That's what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. I love Britney Snow and everything, but she was primed to be a scream queen. And the fact that she just hasn't done much horror is criminal. That's but true. to get off X, let's let's move it. Let's get to some rapid fire stuff. So fresh, yes or no? Fresh, I, uh, I did not see. <gasps> okay, we'll no. watch it. It's uh, on, yeah. obviously Hulu. I'm Let, gonna give it a half a yes for the first act and the second, and the first act of the first half of the second act, and then I'm gonna give it a no for the third act. How did you like the the main actor? How did you the like, girl? Uh, or how did you like the guy? Um, I forgot what his name is. Oh my gosh, he's been the Winter Soldier. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love him. Are you kidding? <laughs> He's look, Sebastian Stan does no wrong. Sebastian Stan, there we I, go. Yeah, I think he has so much range. I think people, I think he's one of the very few actors, like even just watching, oh my god, Pam and Tommy, which was my favorite. Yeah, I just finished that. He has such great range and he gets to take roles that not many actors like him do. He can do everything. So I, I love me some Sebastian. I'm a Sebastian Stan, as they say. Wow, wow. Yeah, he he was great in that show. He got Emmy nominated today. Yeah. Too congratulations or yesterday and yeah they they all deserve that pam and tommy's a great show yeah, yeah. so please watch fresh it's on hulu um morbius oh um i decided wow. not to watch this one <laughs> <laughs> um the trailers were uh i didn't i didn't even finish the trailer honestly you know, <laughs> I, I, I see everything i tra bad trailer or not i went into morbius yeah. with hoping that it was just bad marketing knowing how trailers work and no yeah. it was so boring i fell asleep i never fall asleep in movies i can count on my one hand the times harry potter and uh, no i'm sorry it was um not harry potter but what's the uh what's the spinoffs called fantastic beast oh fantastic yeah the sequel to fantastic beast i fell asleep and this <laughs> movie morbius Wow. That's how I know something is really boring. I never fall asleep in a movie. I think it's disrespect. And I'm a snore. So when I <laughs> fall asleep and I snore, you know, that shit is. There's nothing worse to me than a boring movie. It can be all over the place and gory and weird. But if it's boring, then I'm like, oh no, that's, that's terrible. That's yeah, that's how I kind of felt about Venom. Did you see the, did you like did Venom? I like Venom? I watched Venom, yes. I watched it at home, thankfully. Uh -huh. um, I wasn't bored. I was constantly just looking, like, uh, like excited to know what's coming next. But I, it wasn't great. But I didn't fall asleep, so. Yeah, so at least better than Morpheus. <laughs> Morpheus, yeah. I didn't fall asleep. There's that. And the yeah. fact that they re-released it in theaters, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh, because it was, like, a meme. And, oh. Twitter um, tricked them and I was like you guys such a bad movie but okay <laughs> uh I'm rooting for Sony I really want Sony to get back to their roots which is horror you guys may not know this but before I mean not before but like WB you know yes they have um New Line Cinema and they've, they now they have James Wan and stuff but Sony used to be really into horror and they used to do a really good job and I I feel like they need to return and yeah. Back. I don't know. They're trying really hard to push this like comic book thing because of Marvel. And I'm just like, but don't forget horror. You guys were really good at that at one point. So yeah. Anyway, moving on. What did you see the twin on Shutter? No, I didn't. 
why did I bring you on this podcast? I know. <laughs> I okay. Let I will tell you all the ones that um, I've. Okay, yeah. You tell me all the ones you've actually seen. Well, the ones that I haven't seen that I wanted to okay, this yeah. year that are on my list. Hatching. I've heard such fantastic. I love hatching. Brilliant. Yeah. And fresh Uma, and then the sadness. I okay. I yeah. actually haven't seen the sadness yet. My sister was very excited for it to come out, and then I didn't hear anything from her after it did. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, what did you see? The seller? No. Okay, write that down. That's on Shutter as well. Oh. That's interesting. I, I would say it's very interesting. It's not boring. Um, you should watch that. Um, but yes, I loved hatching. I, you know what I haven't seen that everyone keeps talking about? No Exit on Hulu? Oh, okay. No, I, I've, I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm going to watch. We should write that down too. No Exit. Um, okay, so then let's really quickly, because they're, okay, so I want to transition from what's already come out to what is coming out, but I want to hit on this one movie first, and we're not going to go too far into it because I have two episodes dedicated to already, but uh-huh. I don't know your thoughts. Scream scream five but scream <laughs> scream i i loved it i thought it was fun and i really like the cast i like this new cast a lot and again jenna ortega even in her even though she has a small role in this technically like it i thought she did great even in that and uh, i loved it okay so you guys can listen to my two back-to-back episodes on scream five and why i hated it so much with that ah! <laughs> um really I, and okay. cody's featured on an episode our good friend cody and he loved it as well so it's a really good two episodes to show you like the pros and the cons of the, the movie um i hated it and are and you time, are you excited for no no, no. 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 Every time I hear news about Scream 6, which I guess they're calling Scream 2, gag me with a spoon. Um, <laughs> it kills my spirit a little bit inside. So I, I've decided to just mute and block all words Scream on my feed. Wow. Because uh-huh. um, every bit of news outside of Kirby's return, every bit of news makes me want to kill myself. Yes. I Okay. <laughs> so Neve, I'm glad that she left like no, she's back phone. she's here oh she's back okay she's I thought back. that was just a rumor I didn't know that she confirmed that she's back she didn't confirm that she's back but the oh. rumor is she is on set she is filming oh wow okay and that they will announce it I think after she's done filming I see you get okay. like you know I she's so she's there <laughs> that's cool. okay so I'm excited again then because I just wanted need Campbell in it really badly I love that Hayden Pantier is on it yeah, um Kirby that's exciting having Nev back of course is exciting but Scream 2 really just call it Scream 6 there's nothing wrong with staying in order it's Scream 6 we had a fabulous Scream 2 we don't need enough anyway this is not the Scream podcast we're gonna move on because I I will get mad and angry you guys <laughs> understand I have a Scream case on my phone I am a diligent Scream fan supporter and um, it hurts me. <laughs> yeah, you went to bat for Neve Campbell in all of our Scream Queen battles. Always, <laughs> always, it will always had. fight. She is the Scream Queen. She is better than Laurie Strode. And that is always, oh. always, always gonna be my- Oh, 
We know this though. Okay, That's- speaking of which, a good transition to what's coming out this year. Let's start in order though, because it's the 13th of July is recording this. So nope mm. comes out next week-ish. I'm so excited. I'm, I mean, it was, I love that I didn't know. I, I specifically didn't watch like full trailers for us either before it came out. And it was such a fantastic ride too. Yeah. So I'm really excited. And the cast, I love this cast going in. So yes, I'm so happy um, that Kiki Palmer is like getting her, I guess, mainstream do. She's been working for so long. Like, hello, VP Jackson. I watched it. Um, <laughs> but I I want to see her in Horde too. I think she's just spent, I mean, she's obviously on screen the TV series, but I think she's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I want to see her do more. I want her to be a black screen queen because we need one. Yes. Damn it. So she's a horror girl too. She specifically yeah. is a fan. Like yes. she absolutely deserves to be. Yeah. What a good year. The, um, nope. And light year. Like, girl, I love you, Kiki. Just yeah. never change. Her house on Legendary. House of Legend. Yes, exactly. She's doing great on that show. So I'm excited to see her. And you know, I really, really like about um nope is from the second trailer is that it really is about a relationship between a brother and sister and i'm very close to my brothers as an older sister and i'm so happy that we're getting to look at that relation i love a brother uh, brother sister horror connection like i love that more horror stories with brother sister connections those make me very happy those make yeah. me happy. all right coming out august 5th is bodies 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 I'm excited for that. I like that yeah. it's like humorous and it's like a really uh, witty trailer. It seems cool. I like the cast too. I uh, I think that, oh my gosh, is it Lee Pace? I like that he's casted in it too. I don't know any of their names. All I know is Pete Davidson, obviously. But it's 24, <laughs> you guys. Um, it's satire. It's a slasher comedy. And um, it's got great feedback from South by Southwest. So this is what I'm going in blind as well. I don't even want to see the trailer for this. I just want to go in blind. So yeah. um, I'm very excited for it. There is something called Sissy. There's no date attached to it. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. I heard that it's just been doing um, like a festival run. Yeah. Right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds cool. It seems like there's a lot of queer horror like slated yeah. for this year. Yeah. So. I'm I'm really excited for that. Which brings us to They Them from Blumhouse that's coming on August 5th. What do you feel about They Them? They so, them let me say it right. They slash them. They sl- yeah. <laughs> they slash them. I think it is, well, besides having one of the coolest titles. <laughs> Very cool title. Um, Love that. But I am a little bit fearful because what I do know about the plot is that it includes like conversion therapy so I don't want it to be yeah. trauma porn uh, right. but I am excited at the concept of it so I I'm excited you know that's really I think that's such a great thing to bring up because we're mentioning like there's a lot of LGBTQ plus representation in horror especially this year um, mm-hmm. a lot of black representation in horror and Asian like people of color just in general BIPOC And it's always like, I always feel two ways. I'm just like, we can't have more representation, but then limit artists' extension on that representation. Like if someone who's queer wrote the story wants to write about conversion therapy, we've got to allow them to do that. But at the same time, 
as a in part of some of those communities, I don't want to see some of this stuff because I just want to, I'm like, why can't we just be black in a horror film? Why does it always have to come back to something that I'm already, I live with racism every day. I don't want to have to do it. You know what I mean? So I'm always yeah. stuck between that place of like artistic freedom and just like, I just want to exist. Yeah. So I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely the same. I, uh, in terms of just, it, it's a balance. Like obviously if anybody does it well, then they can compel me otherwise right. you know right. but i think a lot of times it feels like an added element just to make it topical like yeah so yeah i don't I think know that comes across more obviously than than people realize when they're like making it that we can see when it's just added in thrown in for some zest exactly <laughs> exactly so again i'm going in semi-blind for they slash them i've watched their first original th trailer but i don't think i'm gonna watch anymore i really just want to enjoy it for what it is um yeah. blumhouse is hit or miss for me and i say that with so much love and care and appreciation for what they've done for our genre but they're hit or miss for me so mostly miss so we shall see um halloween ends october 14th i well you know the actual um scream queen jamie lee curtis oh i love her so much and i am excited for her and you know at the with the last halloween installment it was it was just fun i wasn't looking for for a serious film or anything yeah, i'm glad you weren't because you didn't get that at all yeah, yeah definitely not <laughs> um but i'm hoping that that fun indicates that like okay we've saved the goods for for this movie and again not not that it has to be serious but it's just that uh i hope that this will be a finale that's like worthy i don't think like i said i i love when movies are just fun as long as you're not boring i don't think they need to be serious but i also don't appreciate when franchises don't really consider the fan base when they're making these movies and i'm talking to you scream and halloween because what i will say is like i i know you know, I know the creators behind this last trilogy said they're huge Halloween fans, but I'm really not seeing it in execution. I don't like the revisionist history that Michael is not um, her, her brother. I don't know why we did that because it makes it more compelling than just some babysitter killer who just has a hot, a heart on for Lori's yeah. road. I, you know, I, I, there's a lot of decisions creatively here. I'm like, we didn't need that. And, um, the last ending of the last movie was very weird and awkward to me and and Lori was in the hospital for 90% of it so i'm just, look i'm i have a michael myers giant decal on my door i love halloween let's just put that there but it's been the most frustrating franchise to be a fan of since i want to say season of the witch <laughs> so, 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 so there yeah um Obviously, I don't believe that this ends here, um, and it shouldn't, but I do believe there's something about, something about Halloween Scream and Stranger Things that pisses me off where the creators are too afraid to get rid of their leading people and introduce a new crop. Like, look, this is very controversial, but as much as I love Nev Campbell and Sydney, she should have died, in my opinion. Like, you want to introduce a new franchise and introduce these new characters? Nev, Sydney has a family and a husband there's no reason for her to keep coming back every time there's a murder from Ghostface or in Woodsboro. So the only logical thing to me as a creator who's like, how do I involve my 
creative process and my story is to kill her and let these new crops of people take over. And I feel the same thing about Laurie Strode. Activia yeah. and Justin aside, there's no way Laurie Strode can live forever. Don't laugh at me. Like apparently there's some like elixir in that Activia that keeps her going, but um, <laughs> she should be dead by now. And that's fine because Michael, and if you're erasing this brother sister connection, then there's literally no reason Michael has to keep attacking Laurie. That's oh. true. That is true. That I, I do think it's hard when these like legacy sequels get made. Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, but care about these people now. But right. it's like, oh, but the character that I like still has, like, they have a whole life. Like, I want to see what they, what happens to them. So it's, I don't know. Like we're saying with Jenna Ortega, Jenna Ortega could gladly take over the Scream franchise. Yeah. She would carry it very well. I mean, go listen to the podcast. I feel like she should have been the actual lead and not the sister instead of melissa barrera yeah yeah i i agree and uh, it's not a slight slight to melissa i just mean yeah. just in general that's just more compelling as a character so yeah and it was it, like all of her all of jenna ortega's performance was just like scene stealing among yeah, all scene the other stealing. like she's new acting cast. circles around everyone in her scene sorry yeah no offense again um <laughs> go listen to the podcast to hear my full thoughts on that but gladly would have patched passed the torch off to a jenna ortega because i know the franchise is in safe hands with that kind of person leading a charge um halloween doesn't have that <laughs> at all they've tried to introduce it with like Lori's granddaughter but again not a strong enough character for me to give a crap and again if michael has no connection to the strode family why does he keep returning to haddonsfield why does he give a shit he yeah. can go do the same thing in 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 spokehagen and be fine but <laughs> like so anyway Halloween ends. Of course, I'm gonna see it. It's tradition at this point. It comes out in October. It's a Halloween movie. I'm gonna see it. Am I yeah. gonna like it? Probably not. <laughs> Is what? this the actual end of Halloween? No. There will be another batch made in the next few years for sure. What do you think about the way that these were made? Like, did it bother you at all to hear like three of them get announced at once and then like? No, it doesn't bother me because it's smart. Like they should be done in threes like scream scream is the same thing like just go ahead and announce five six and seven like that's what you're doing everyone's trying to recreate batch trilogies that's smart you know mm-hmm. um I, I think we were past the days where we can do a standalone movie with a good arc you have to have a trilogy to have like take the time to get an arc and i'm talking about specifically what is the last trilogy that came out that uh oh shit i just had it it was really good arc and it took but it oh spider-man um, when you talk about oh. the new Spider-Man and you, you then you look at Spider-Man No Way Home, you're like, oh, this was a, a setup trilogy this whole time. It was an arc for Peter Parker because now he is Spider-Man living on his own without friends or anything. It yeah. took them three movies to do that. That's how I feel like we should do and scream and, and Halloween and hopefully they are doing that. But I'm okay with them announcing that. I'm not okay again with these creators who say they're fans of the franchise who don't really understand the fandom, I guess, because I... I don't know. There's something really special about Michael being Lori's brother. Yeah. That's like an integral part of the lore. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he keeps coming for her. She's not special. She's just some babysitter that got away on the wrong night. So if he doesn't have that connection to her, it's kind of like just retire. 
dude, get your 401k and like relax. But when he's her sister or her brother, and again, I love a brother-sister relationship story. I, I just feel like we've lost all emotional through line and Halloween is just about body count now. And But it was never like that before. I promise yeah. you, it always had an emotional, even the Rob Zombie versions had very staunch emotional through lines. Yeah. Like with his relationship with his mother and with his sister. So anyway, let's move on. And running out of time. The menu November 19th, starring Anna Taylor Joy. Oh, um, you know what? I actually don't know much about this. I've only seen, I've heard the title and I know that she's attached. But yeah. I she's another person who's I, I would love to see her eat up this genre because yeah, I like her in, in Soho. I like yes. the witch, of course. So I the witch and in glass, she's oh, yeah. Or even split, she's she's fantastic. So I mean, it it says the description is a couple visit an exclusive restaurant on a remote island. Only the evening goes much different than expected with surprises from the head chef. So it involves it involves food. So interesting. See, they're keeping yeah. it really close to the chest anyway. But yeah. Um. So looking, we're gonna look ahead just a little bit to twenty twenty three, but. Right, but we do know, we don't have an exact date yet, but we do know there is a Hellraiser reboot coming. I'm here for it. Absolutely, I'm so here for it. And uh, Jamie, I think it's Jamie Clayton. Yeah. Star, and that's so cool. I'm- So cool, so dope, so excited. I think that's really um, like talking about the, how I like to veer away from like, uh, trauma porn yes. and that kind of stuff like that that's part of what would be cool is just to be able to have like people who are marginalized be the killers be the exactly every, yeah. every rule should be uh, exactly I mean that's what's actually that's, yeah cool. when we just want to exist in horror and not be so tied to our identities that's what we're talking about yeah. Hellraiser like dope we get to be maybe Hellraiser it's gotta be the best job ever and that's a good that's a good timing for that reboot like Clyde Barker First of all, you're dope, everything you do, but like Hellraiser is so long ago and it it need it's time, like it needs a little modern touch and it's such a good lore that I'm like, oh, we can modernize this and make it chef's kiss. So ready yeah. for Hellraiser. Um, I'm just reading this now. I didn't know it was happening, but Warner Brothers is doing an Exorcist sequel that's slated tentatively for September 15, 2023. I saw that actually. Um, I... I mean, I'd watch it. I, exorcism movies used to be my favorite. I grew up as like a mm -hmm. Catholic, uh, Catholic schoolboy, so mm -hmm. like uh, it used to be the crazy thing because my religion would validate it when I was younger. You know, like that. Yeah, that was crazy to me that there were people who you know gathered together and that this was a legitimate a thing that they legitimized. Um, yeah, it's that they believe it's real and uh so it i love to see that religion and horror all the time but yeah. um yeah i i didn't care too much for the what was it the exorcist the beginning or whatever exorcist yes the the only exorcist 2 is fantastic but oh no exorcist 3 i think is fantastic i think i didn't like the sequel but i like exorcist 3 and i like the original exorcist now this is yeah, another yeah. franchise where i'm like just it's time. <laughs> the original came out in 1973 
and it's still for me it's the scariest movie i've ever seen like i still get scared watching 1973 exorcist but i feel like this is this is the time where why did you skip sequel you could have just done a nice remake linda blair is still around and yeah do something nice with it yeah i i don't understand why we're skipping to sequel when we could just do a, a trilogy reboot at this point so that's true yeah, yeah. i i agree and Remember, wasn't there a rosemary's baby like reboot for but for tv was it with zoe saldana or was yeah, it yeah it was with zoe saldana yeah did it, it ever come out i have no idea i remember being excited to right see me too. it and then i never nothing crickets and i was like yeah that so let's do that you guys like rosemary's baby is definitely primed to come out like no one is clutching their pearls at a mia Farrow performance where we're like we can't touch it it's so sacred no let's yeah. redo it it it's perfect for now especially in the day of maga like yeah i want to see that especially when you can reclaim the story and like separate it now from exactly that. from that guy yeah, yeah we can totally do that <laughs> Um, the last one, obviously, on this list is Scream 6, which this website is calling Scream 6, but obviously we know it's Scream 2, unfortunately, as it's today. <laughs> that is so bizarre to me. So weird. Naming, like, even with Scream, I don't know, but I don't know what the alternative would have been because, okay, Scream so they six. don't want, but, th- but they seem to like want it to have been like a clean slate like okay you don't have to have seen ones from before so it seems like they want right so stupid why <laughs> like yeah, in in the know. in the world of scream they even go up to like eight and nine themselves so like why not yeah. just keep going like i i don't understand the decision of just like oh we're gonna reboot and make a reboot trilogy so now people have to go watch scream 2 and scream 2 no yeah especially because so much of it is about being meta and like having a ridiculously high number is it feels like an inside joke in and of itself like even halloween was like well let's just name it halloween ends halloween kills like let's give it like a a a title that stands out we could have done that scream screaming scream running (laughs) scream dying whatever it just like but just scream scream two scream i don't i don't know maybe i I love a corny subtitle i love a revenge yeah ghost face revenge or sydney's final battle yes yeah Yeah. i don't know scream love and thunder for all i care i don't (laughs) care like but anyway i can complain about that for for days and the one thing i will say i will critique this about scream <laughs> i love scream scream 2 is still the blackest film that they've had in the franchise mm-hmm. and i was very disappointed in the representation for scream 5 i'm going to call them in order mm-hmm. um and scream 4 mm-hmm. scream 4 and scream 5 yeah and um so far in the casting in scream 6 so that's uh, that takes place in new york yeah. right mm-hmm. that's the math ain't mathin'. Math ain't mathin'. Scream has been a staunch, well, Halloween is is too. Halloween's a staunch little white ass franchise. <laughs> I'm like, do black people don't live in Haddonfield? Is it because of the murder rate? I don't know what's happening. But um, that's the one thing I will critique about Scream is like, not even with black people, like Latinos, yes, in Scream 5, that finally happened. But like, where are the Asian people? Where are the yeah. Arab people? Where is this representation? Like, 
I just, I just, uh, I don't know. Scream confuses me where they're like trying to be meta, but it's still so white. <laughs> I'm just like, how is this a reflection on our culture? <laughs> like, it feels more wild because they're so like them being meta is supposed to be them being more in tune with like the criticism also, right? Like that's right, what it is. Right. So that's weird for them to- They to ignore that. Anything. Yeah, yeah. So weird. They need they need someone. They need someone. Uh, anyway, anyway, that's not the Scream podcast. Go listen to the other episodes. All right, Jose, that's the end of our show. We talked through so much today, and it was really fun. Um, but I want you to tell the people where they can find you and horror and color and what's new on the platform, and what's happening, and give us all the good details. Yeah, I'm. I'm so sorry. Can I actually uh, <laughs> before we wrap up? I do want to mention one other thing. Yes. That- Oh, yes. Um, So Cindy Sanabria, who is a filmmaker, she has uh, women of uh, color and horror platform. And she also has a horror tour guide platform as well. She is making a documentary that she just raised money for called Horror Able. And July is Disability Pride Month. So I think that's important just to mention that, that it's... uh, Horror Able talking about, uh, it's a documentary about all these creatives that work in horror awesome. uh, behind the scenes. And they're all people with disabilities. Awesome. And William Crane is on the documentary as well. Ah. As well as so yes. that is, uh, that's just amazing. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, that's coming at the end of this year, I believe, or the beginning of next year. But congratulations. I want, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. Um, but yeah. And, oh, and Queer for Fear, which is not, uh, again, it's another documentary, so it's not necessarily a horror film, but... Uh, that's a film, yeah we, yeah. we accept it. We accept <laughs> documentaries. We don't talk a lot about them, but we accept them here as films, yes. Yeah, so so that'll be really cool. That's coming to, to Shudder. I love uh, it. I'm hyped about that. Thank you for for mentioning that to us and happy um, Disability Pride Month to all who celebrate it. Um, that's what we, our conversation was earlier just about how marginalized communities, that's our platforms have always highlighted, but I do feel like the disabled community in horror has been forgotten, neglected. And that again, it goes to when we're talking about theater versus streaming, it's like, why not make it accessible for all? All fans are important to enjoy a film, not just, one community all fans are important yeah absolutely um all right so with that said tell us about horror and color and where we can find you and what's next oh yeah so horror and color um you can always find out what virtual events and uh live in-person events we're doing by subscribing to our newsletter at horrorandcolor.com you can find us on instagram um uh, at horror in color and on twitter as well uh, we have lots of uh, videos coming up. We actually have an interview with Dylan Mac, uh, McNamara. McNamara. Well, Dylan McNamara. Oh my gosh, we got through this whole hour and we didn't even talk about this. Yes, please tell us. <laughs> so he is um, Oliver from First Kill. You might know him from First Kill. Uh, First Kill like absolutely blew up online. It is yeah. crazy. It, was, it went to number three. It was like the number three most watched uh, show 
and the world on Netflix at one point. Oh, wow. So it, it was huge. And uh, it is a vampire and vampire hunter uh, love story, which is really cool. And it's a queer love story. Which yeah. Is awesome. So Dylan uh, is a friend, you guys. And that's going to be a great interview. I'm so proud of everything he's done. I remember taping auditions for him. <laughs> and now he's on a Netflix hit show. So please listen to the interview and then go watch First Kill. And in that interview, you hear some other, Dylan's not new to the horror genre. He's been doing it for a while. He doesn't see himself as a screen king, but he is. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm not going to give it away. Cause I already know. But <laughs> Absolutely. So We're going to get, we get into it in the, in this interview as well. So you're going to hear, he has a lot of cool stories. I, I can't wait for everyone to know more about him in the horror community. Me too. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then uh, did you already give the IG and Twitter handles? Did you do yeah, that? Yeah, so that's okay. at Horror Color. Um, yeah, and we're at Horror Color on uh, Facebook as well. We also have our Facebook community where you can share whatever horror project you're working on. So that's Diversity in the Dark is the name of that community. And uh, we also do live events. So this, uh, we actually just did a Pride, a horror Pride event yep. at Red Coffee. Try to die. I was yeah. there. Yeah, we had Afro Horror there. It was <laughs> great. Um, we had a drag king perform. We had so a, a like theater troupe. It was really cool. So uh, make sure to subscribe so that way you don't miss out on any upcoming events. Yes, and we can't announce anything yet, but there may be another Afro Horror, Horror and Color collab coming up in LA for Halloween. We're crossing our fingers. We're checking our list and checking it twice. So um, make sure you're following us at Afro Horror to get those updates as well. But Hosey, thank you for coming on our July episode. This is the year of the creator. So we're highlighting creators in horror and we're really excited to have you on the show. Sorry, the wine's making a comeback. And um, <laughs> thank you okay. so much for having me. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you. Okay, everyone, listen, we'll be back in August. I know we missed June, but we gave you an extra like half hour of content today. So hopefully you forgive us. Remember, it's literally just me over at Afro Horror. I know Jose can relate. <laughs> Being like a small team of creators, it's like, yeah, it's me. Trying to make out all this content. But either way, we'll see you again in August. And then maybe, Jose, you can come back by the end of the year when we've actually seen some of these movies that we are excited for and we can give a year in cap of how we feel. Absolutely. That would be so cool. Okay. That. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you in August. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Afro Horror. Please subscribe and leave a comment if you'd like what you heard. We want to send a special shout out to Jaren Hempel for our amazing logo design. Thanks, Jaren. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at, at @afrohorror or on our website, www.afrohorror.com. No copyright infringement was intended while recording this podcast.